Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host, for Nick's Nerd. Well, hey there, friends. It's October 6th. This is a new episode of Nick's Nerd News. I'm your host, Nick. That's a car in the background. <laughs> I'm not going to delete that today because it was just perfect. Wow, this year's screaming by. Far Cry 6 comes out in two days. Or tomorrow. Something like that. Oh my god. Oh my god, oh my god. It is a crazy time to be alive, folks. It is a crazy time to be alive. And we have a lot to talk about today. Yes, we do have a lot to talk about today. Uh, other than the fact that just, you know... There's a lot of gaming news. We got some other stuff going on. I want to talk about Squid Game, which is literally the the best TV show I've seen in a very long time. I'm digging it. I am fucking digging that show. Um, but hey, yeah, welcome to uh, welcome to Nixner News. I'm your host Nick, of course. You know, you can always uh, drop a like, drop a share, drop a follow. I, whatever you do, thumbs up, thumbs down, I up to you, right? Depending on how you, you view the world. What, whatever you prefer is what I'm okay with. Also, big shout out to the 101 League, my, my friends and partners over there. Of course, I shoutcast with them every, mostly every Friday and every Saturday. Uh, Super Smash Brothers tournaments. Uh, we do uh, FGC night on Thursdays, tomorrow night. Uh, that's at Panels Comic Book Coffee Bar in Oceanside. So is Super Smash Melee on Saturdays. Friday is Ultimate. We're going to introduce a side bracket with Nickelodeon All-Stars on Friday as well. And uh, make sure to check them out on Instagram, Twitter, Twitch. We are live on Twitch on Fridays. Saturdays, sometimes we're live. Sometimes we'll pre-record it. It really depends. Uh, also, sign up at Smash or the101league.smashgg. Uh, that way you guys can uh, compete in the tournament if you like. And for other games, like on Thursdays for FGC night, we do Dragon Ball Fighters and uh, Guilty Gear Strive. So that's a, a place you guys can can play. Um, but yeah, shout out to them. And uh, like I said, I'll be shoutcasting on Friday and Saturday. Tomorrow I just hang out and help for FGC night. Um, with that being said, I want to just hop right into shit because we got a lot going on. And, and I want to get through it because this is just a long week already and it's only Wednesday. Anyway, hey, let's talk about video games today, shall we? And before we go anywhere, I spent a good chunk of the weekend playing Halo Infinite, uh, the technical preview number three. Uh, this was Big Team Battle weekend. It was fun as hell, man. And I am loving, straight up loving the new, uh, the new maps. It is great, um, and there's just the layouts are perfect. The weapon spawns are great, and there's this other new map that's in in regular Slayer, which I did really well on. I posted some 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 clips on my 
uh, on my uh, Instagram and stuff, my personal. I'm loving the new weapons. Uh, everything is just, it flows smoothly, and it, it's it's fun, and it's classic Halo, and I am digging the shit out of it. I cannot wait to hop into this in, in, in two months in December. Um, two months from Friday, folks, Halo Infinite will be on store shelves. Whew, I think I might take the day off. <laughs> Probably not. Um, wow, it comes out on a Wednesday. That's weird. Anyway, um, ooh, hopefully that's my off weekend. Anyway, uh, moving forward, how about we talk about God of War Ragnarok? And we all know it was delayed, but we don't really know why it was delayed. Well, now we have an answer. Christopher Judge, who is the voice of Kratos in the God of War uh, 2018 game and God of War Ragnarok, says that the game was delayed because of him. Uh, he put on Twitter that because he had surgery and things like this, this is his exact quote from Twitter, quote, Thank you to all the fans, not just God of War, but to the gaming community. All of our games have been a lifeline during these difficult times. To my God of War family, I will never be shy about telling you how much I love all of you. We will continue to laugh, cry, and be great. Um, then he went on to say later, 100% in my feels right now, I need to be forthcoming. This has been approved by no one. To the beloved fandom, Ragnarok was delayed because of me. August 2019, I couldn't walk, had to have back surgery, both hips replaced, and knee surgery. They waited for me to rehab. No threats, no. Why do you think, who do you think you are? Nothing but love and support. And Sony Santa Monica has never said a word about the delay and what caused it. Studios are assholes, but this company from top to bottom should give us hope. What they did for the crew is way more that I can, that I can't talk about, but I've said to all involved... It is the classiest thing that I've ever heard about in the in this business. Everyone involved in the God of War franchise puts their hearts and souls into every frame you see. I want to thank everyone that's allowed me to play and laugh and love and cry without judgment, but with unconditional support and love in this thing of all, all of ours. Um, then he went on to say that uh, even though Corey, Balwar Corey Balrog is not directing the game any longer, he said, quote, Eric Williams is a motherfucking beast. Last thing Balrog told me at Tribeca that he wouldn't be directing sequel. I quit. No joke. He said, do you trust me? Yes. He said, Eric is a beast. I said he better be. Update, Eric Williams is a motherfucking beast. Unquote. So, now we know why God of War Ragnarok was delayed. And it's because they wanted to give time to their star to recuperate and heal and rehab. And honestly... That's the best reason to have a game delayed. For that reason alone. And I dig it. Uh, also, Tokyo Game Show was last week. Got a lot of announcements out of Square Enix in regards to different Final Fantasy games. Got a lot of news out of Capcom and Monster Hunter. Also news from Konami and several other studios. Uh, some of the big highlights, though... Xbox Cloud Gaming is now live in Japan, Mexico, Australia, and Brazil. Uh, Tango Gameworks is developing a new game. Scarlet Nexus, the new uh, anime-inspired game uh, coming to Xbox, is on Game Pass at day one when it launches. 
Uh, Starfield, the new Bethesda game, is one of their largest games, Pete Hines came out and said, and also will be localized in Japan. Uh, Unexpected announcement there. Uh, They've recorded all kinds of dialogue in Japanese for the game. Uh, Like I said, Square Enix announced a lot of new games, some some pertaining to Final Fantasy, some new RPGs. Uh, Bandai Namco is going to change its logo to the ugliest thing I've ever seen. It's so simple and boring. Uh, the new Sega mobile RPG is called Sin Chronicle. And then uh, Guilty Gear Strive has been confirmed for Arc Revo, the Arc Revo fighting game tournament. So be on the lookout for that. Um, also, that this kind of came out of TGS. Um, PlayStation has officially purchased Bluepoint Games. They're the ones who did the Demon Souls remake as well as the Shadow of the Colossus remake, which, again, this makes sense for Sony. Um They've done a lot of ports for them recently for the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5, and it, it makes sense to bring Bluepoint in to their family. Um, also, Konami invited a bunch of in, indie developers to work on their uh, existing IPs, especially some classic ones. Um, and uh, they've some of these games they've included for Remix are Gradius, uh, Ganbari Goman, um, and it's the action and shooting game contest from Konami, and they're asking indie developers, uh, to create, to plan and develop new action games and shooters based on their previous titles, like the ones I listed about before. Um, you can make a remake, you can make a sequel, you can make a game around a single character, a mechanic, it doesn't necessarily have to be the whole game. Uh, they can make or change genres, um, and they could become actual commercial products. So it's not a, f- it's, they don't necessarily mean they're games, but, uh, it, it could happen. Um, what's interesting though, uh, and you can win 18 grand and the, it's the contest it, entry period is from September 30th through January 6th. Uh, like I said, you can win, uh, so it's 2 million yen or $18,000, um, and you can win some other things. Uh, the judging criteria, the game should radiate passion for the chosen genre and title, as well as a, convey a sense of innovation and character of its creator. The content is judged to be feasible for development by the applicant or a development team, including said applicant, and the work must meet the application requirements and application rules. Uh, it will be judged by Konami Action and Shooting Game Contest Management Team, as well as Suecia Game Creators Camp Management Team. Um, that's really cool. Nice from Konami, especially when they've uh, had some issues lately. Um, and speaking of which, there's a new rumor floating around that they are either working on reboots or remasters of games in the Metal Gear, Castlevania, and Silent Hill franchises. Now, I don't really care about Silent Hill or Castlevania, um, but Metal Gear. Look what happened to Metal Gear Survive. And this is what happens when you make a Metal Gear game without Kojima. You cannot make a Metal Gear Solid game without Hideo Kojima behind the wheel. You you just can't. It will never reach that level of amazingness. It just won't. Like, anyone who thinks they can make a Metal Gear game without Kojima is is lost in the sauce. 
But also in this rumor, which I will fully accept, is that they are allegedly planning remasters of all the Metal Gear Solid games, which, again, that's okay to do, um, because they were already made and they included Kojima. And then a potential complete remake, so remasters of all the games, but then a full remake of Metal Gear Solid Five, Twin Snake, or Snake Eater. That I would be on board with. Snake Eater, I know, is considered one of the best Metal Gear Solid games of all times. This has all been uh, almost confirmed by Video Game Central as well, or Video Game Chronicle. So, be on the lookout for that in the near future. Um, and then... What was it? Uh, the other thing that came out of this, it looks like... So, Capcom is apparently going to start shifting focus towards the PC in the future. Uh, apparently, Capcom's COO, Haruhiro Sujimoto, um, has said that, quote, mainly focus on PC software in the future, unquote, in the future. Again, this is per Video Games Chronicle. And um, so Sujimoto was speaking to Nikkei, which is a publication in Japan, that uh, its software PC game output has been apparently a massive success. Uh, it's been, quote, driving global sales, unquote. And he said, quote, PCs will be the next big thing after smartphones, unquote. Um, does Sujimoto know what year it is? <laughs> PCs next big... I don't know, man. PC, sale, PC sales in general, not just gaming, but PCs were down, if I'm not mistaken, over the last few years. Tablets are are on the rise, and laptops. Um, he said, quote, PC is driving global sales. We have recently stated that we will make the PC our main platform. At this year's Tokyo Game Show, we focused on exhibiting the PC version of Monster Hunter Rise, and I think people will be able to experience the change in our approach. The pandemic is changing the way people look at PCs. Smartphones are convenient, but their screens are small and their touch panels are difficult to operate. So they are not suitable for homeworking or school classes. I think PCs will be the next big thing after smartphones. Unquote. Um, I'm. I have another story we're going to talk about that is completely counterintuitive to what this man just said. <laughs> um, but he also went on to say, "quote We will expand our business for dedicated game consoles, which has been the mainstream up to now, but PC will be the mainstream in the future." Unquote. Then he also said, quote, next year or the year after, we want to equalize the ratio of sales to PCs and dedicated consoles, unquote. Um, I, uh, again, I don't know how that's even remotely true that PCs will be the future after smartphones. I don't see that in any way, shape, or form. If anything, I think smartphones are going to get bigger and we're going to see more things like the the Samsung Fold and the Microsoft Surface Duo where you have larger screens that fold and allow for better gaming on them or close, things similar to the Switch. Uh, hell, I mean, they're making all these controllers for your phone now. I, I don't know how many people, if they're seriously gaming on their phone, I don't know how many of them are using the touch controls, to be honest. I mean... That's janky, for one. But, again, I, I have a story that kind of flies in the face of this dude's comment, but 
I think it's interesting that Capcom is is going to shift their focus towards PC. The Capcom of all companies. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, that that's it for Tokyo Game Show, though. Like I said, it's a it's a somewhat of a large show. It's not as big as Gamescom or or E three, of course. And then uh, our next thing here. This is a lot bigger when it comes to announcements lately. The Game Awards will return on December 9th, Thursday, December 9th. Um, it will be an in-person event. Uh, however, it is invite only, and uh, they will take every health precaution necessary. Uh, and, of course, it will be streamed online for the masses. And I cannot wait because I'm sure there's going to be a fuck ton of good announcements there. December 9th, the Game Awards, hosted by Jeff Keighley. Uh, no surprise there, really. Really no surprise. And more and more and more and more credible leaks keep coming about the remastered Grand Theft Auto, the Trilogy Definitive Edition, or whatever it ends up being called. First, it was just leaked in general. Then it's been raided by the South Korean ratings classing board, ratings class board, or whatever they call it, where they they rate video games over there. And now it's even appearing on the Rockstar Games launcher. So, like, at this point, it's inevitable. It it's happening. Like, <laughs> if you didn't think it was happening, I I just I don't know what fantasy land you're living in, because it it it's pretty much guaranteed at this point like there is no getting around that it's it's not happening like it's it's happening that that's that's a like i said it's a guarantee at this point and it's just hilarious that people are trying to act like it's it's not like no it's it's happening there's there's no ignoring this fact at all and i it's just I can't wait to see what it looks like. That that's that's what I'm more focused on is is what does this thing look like? Because is it like a full on remaster? Is it I, I know it's probably not a remake in the in the scope of like Final Fantasy VII remake, but maybe it's a remaster like what they've done with like Halo two and Halo Anniversary Edition or like um some other things. Like I said, I, I don't think it's a full full-on uh, re remake like the Final Fantasy VII. Um, if anything, it will be a, a remaster in the vein of some other things. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Who knows what Rockstar does with the amount of money they have. So I would just love to hop back into GTA 3, Vice City, and San Andreas uh, uh, for like the fourth and fifth time on those games. Um, I'm down. So, Paradox Interactive, a great studio that makes a lot of great RPGs and, and RT, not RPGs, but RTSs and, and uh, builders and things like this, has announced that they have canceled several unannounced projects so that they can focus on what they know they're good at and to focus on their tried and true genres and uh, IPs and things like this. I don't know how I feel about this. Um, I always want a studio to do more, but at the same time, a studio knows what it's good at. Uh, so they, they stick to what they're good at, right? 
but if 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 they stick with the same IPs, that can get stale. So if anything, maybe create new IPs around what they know they're good at. Hell, if if someone at Paradox called up Lucas Lucasfilm Games and be like, "Hey, we want to make a new Star Wars RTS," like, boom, do it, please. Everyone wants another Star Wars RTS. I don't know why there hasn't been one in in like a decade. Like, I want more Star Wars RTS. Get me some new Galactic Battlegrounds. Get me some new um, Empire at War. Like, let let's do this, bro. Let's let's do this. Like, where where are we at, fam? Why why do I gotta wait for this shit? I don't want to wait for this shit. Let's let's do this, fam. Let's let's do it. But paradox. Good on you though for focusing on on what you're good at and not spreading yourself too thin. Good on you. Um, let me see here. So, the Epic Game Store, which is a storefront that most people tend to avoid. <laughs> it's funny um, because it's mostly true. Um, well, they have finally added achievements. Like, I have the Epic Game Store launcher on my computer. I can't tell you the amount of times I've actually opened it other than right now just to see. I haven't even logged in with it in ages. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so it, uh, you know, they get free games. So they usually have some good free games to give out. They finally added achievements. They have finally added achievements to their storefront. And this is something that people have been complaining about forever with them. Is they never added achievements. And like, I don't know why it took them so long. Like, Steam has, pretty much everything has achievements at this point, And there's no reason that they should have taken this long. Especially with the amount of money that Epic has. But if you're one of the few people that use the Epic Games Marketplace uh, more than Steam, you finally have achievement support. So good on you. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a weird, weird thing that it took this long. Um, anyway, so this is now what I'm going to talk about that kind of flies in the face of Capcom's COO's statement about mobile you know, dying out in a couple years. Well, it turns out, and this is uh, per the Wall Street Journal, Apple made more money on mobile gaming than Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, and Activision combined two years ago in 2019. So, Apple made more money than the big three plus Activision combined in one calendar year. They made $8.5 billion alone in operating profits from gaming revenue. That is outrageous. And this is why when he says that smartphones aren't the future, like, nah, bro. Maybe consoles and PC ticked up because everyone was fucking home last year. Working from home and shit. But no. 
this is this is indicating of where things were going before a pandemic. And when we get back to somewhat sense of normalcy, smartphones are going to be taking off again. Okay? And now, mind you, Apple doesn't make a console. They don't really make their own games. And they made this much money. So, again... They don't have the overhead those other companies do, but they still made more in profit. So, also according to this, they made $45 billion on mobile games on the App Store in 2020. So, or no, they didn't make it, but players spent $45 billion. So, I'm going to call bullshit. I'm going to call bullshit on Capcom's shift to PC. What kind of bullshit is that, dude? Like, clearly... The facts are against you. Like, really, dude? And this is China and the U.S. Wow. The top 1% of spenders made up for over 64% of sales in the App Store. Uh, they spend about 2700 $2, bucks each year. And they're known as whales. Not a whole lot of those. That's nonsense, dude. Straight nonsense, the amount of mobile gaming that goes on. That's crazy. That is crazy. $8 billion in profit. Jesus Christ. Fucking Apple, man. Uh, Ubisoft has also entered the Battle Royale ring, uh, announcing a new game called Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Frontline, especially after the failure that Breakpoint was. Uh, it is a new free-to-play Battle Royale that will, uh, instead of focusing on just standard PvP, uh, it will be 100-plus players, but it will be, um, like you'll have a, it's more objective based than, than your standard battle royale, which fits in line with the, you know, the Tom Clancy and, um, the, the Tom Clancy and Ghost Recon aesthetic. Uh, you know, it's, it's not just run and gun and shoot everybody that, that moves in front of you. It, it is a tactical, not tactical shooter, but it, it, you know, there's more tactics involved. It's more. Uh, focused on it, uh, um, you know, getting things done and, and stuff like that. So it, it makes sense. Makes sense for it to be that sort of battle royale. Um, but still, trying to kill everybody else. And uh, Pokemon fans are in a tizzy because there is a new leak and rumor suggesting that. Pokemon Legends Arceus, or Arceus, depending on how you pronounce it, may not be as open world as it is made us to believe. Uh, this new leak, um, be, uh, so Twitter, on Twitter, Sarabee's Joe Merrick uh, posted two different photos of Arceus, uh, of the map, um, and, and he compared it himself on Twitter to Monster Hunter and Xenoblade Chronicles 2. And, you know, in apparently in those games, the map is split into separate areas. So it's not one large map. Uh, so this is what he tweeted exactly. It says, quote, It is coming increasingly clear that Pokemon Legends Arceus may not be full open world, but rather segmented open areas like Xenoblade Chronicles 2, Monster Hunter, etc., separated into different areas like the wild area, Crown Tundra, did fine with this, really. 
Oh, like the Wild Area Crown Tundra did. I'm fine with this, really, unquote. Um, and it, it, it does show, if you look at the map, it is, like I said, it, it is a map of Sinnoh. But it is segmented in the areas that you can go to. Um, so it's going to be interesting if it's fully open world or not. It looks like maybe you can't do all of Sinnoh based off what they're showing. So, oh, maybe you can. I don't know. It's interesting, though, to see how this map will be played out. Um... I don't know if it's better than what they did in Sword and Shield, though. I, I I can fully get behind that because it's like they promised this whole open wild area, but it was still very devoid of things. Um, they tried to fix that with the the Isle of Armor and Crown Tundra, and it was a little better, but I I don't know. It'll be interesting though. Um, Granted, it was never fully confirmed for open world either. Everyone's just kind of assumed that because it looks so similar to the Breath of the uh, to Breath of the Wild. Um, on the official website, it says the dis gameplay description is saying something about completing tasks, raising rank, and gaining access to new areas. Um, so it sounds like the whole map might not be available at the start. Um, he says it might be similar to Monster Hunter games. I don't personally know anything about Monster Hunter games, so I can't say for certain what that means. Um, but, I mean, it's still going to be different than than what we're used to in terms of, of Pokemon and Pokemon games. So, if it's not fully open world, I'm not going to exactly be too happy. Am I going to cry about it? No. Am I still going to play it? Yes. Is that even a que is that even a question? No, it's not. Like it just it's not gonna be it's gonna be kind of shitty, but it's still better than like just getting the same thing over and over and over again. So we'll see. Uh, also, yesterday we finally found out who the final Smash character will be, and it is someone most people didn't expect it to be. Coming to Smash as the final DLC character is none other than Sora of the Kingdom Hearts franchise. And a lot of people, uh, my co-shoutcaster Ramsey, one of them, thinks that that was going to be a near impossibility because of the rights issues. Um, but I'm pretty sure Disney does not own the rights to Sora. I'm pretty sure he is a Square character. Uh, the only hint of Disney you got on him in the reveal trailer was the Mickey Mouse ears keychain on his Keyblade. Uh, pretty much everything else they showed off is all stuff um, indicative of Kingdom Hearts. None of the Disney properties showed up. Uh, I Now that I've kind of been in the Smash community more than I ever have in the past and, and have gotten a little more insight into people... Uh, I'm I'm kind of shocked that Sakurai went with another sword character. I mean, the game is full of, of anime sword characters at this point. So, it's again, it's very strange to see them add another one. I know a lot of people thought it was going to be Master Chief. Um, very interesting indeed. But uh, I know a lot of people wanted Doom Guy. Well, uh, we're half getting Doom Guy. 
uh, it has been confirmed that Doom Guy will be added as a costume for a Me Fighter. So we can finally have that Isabel Doom Guy matchup that everyone has been so patiently waiting for. Um, yeah, Sora, of all things. Very strange. Very strange indeed. Has some really cool moves. Looks like he's got uh, Thundera and, uh, or Thunderaga and uh, Fireaga, which are the, the level highest level spells for those. I don't remember. Um, but yes, Sora. And it looks like he can lock you behind the uh, the Kingdom Hearts, the doorway. So that's a that's a final smash for you. Um, Jesus, <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, and along with that, it was also announced that the Kingdom Hearts games will finally be making their way to the Nintendo Switch, uh, both 1.5 HD Remix and 2.5 HD Remix, as well as Kingdom Hearts Three. Uh, as cloud games, so they, they are not full-on game. I don't know how Switch cloud games work. I, I guess you buy them, and then you can play a streamed version of them, if if my understanding of cloud gaming is correct. Um, but yeah, Sora. Sora, of all things. I don't know. Um, also, it has been announced that PlayStation 3 and PlayStation Vita storefronts will stop taking uh, credit cards and PayPal soon as apparently they are going to lose uh, drop support for it. And this is after the stores were taken down and then brought back immediately. And this was in a PlayStation support page that Kotaku noticed. So they won't accept credit card or PayPal. PayPal. Um, but I guess you can still load up your wallet through desktop PC links and things like that. Uh, it's just very inconvenient. And so you're either going to have to purchase a gift card or use the wallet system via Sony's website. Or you can use funds that you add via your PS4 or PS5. That's very convoluted. Why is everything with them convoluted? I do not understand. Sony, what the hell are you doing over there? I don't get it. I do not get it or why they make these weird fucking decisions. And watch this cause an uproar and cause them to reverse course. I, I guarantee you that will happen. It's just, it's normal. It's normal. Um, also, I think this was today or yesterday, Microsoft and Adidas uh, announced a, another new shoe coming to the Xbox shoe lineup. I wish they were Nikes. Um, so a couple months back, they announced an Xbox-themed Adidas shoe that was ugly as fuck. I hated it. I straight hated it. Granted, I hated the PS5 Nikes, too. Well, this new shoe is uh, it's a, a in honor of the original Xbox, and it's this highlighter green. That I'm, I actually am digging because it reminds me a lot of Volt Yellow, which is a Nike color, which one of my favorite colors to get on Nike shoes. A lot of people think I'm strange for it, but I, I dig it very much. Um, and and it's got the the Xbox logo. It's all like highlighter yellow. Even the soles are. It is. I think this is a much better looking shoe than their last attempt. And I am one thousand percent gonna try and get my hands on these bad boys. 
1000% going to try and do that. Um, if they're not too expensive. Um, a couple more things before we get to our biggest story of gaming world. Uh, Randy Pitchford, the CEO, CEO of Gearbox Entertainment, uh, has announced that he is stepping down as Gearbox Software president. So Gearbox Software is just an arm of Gearbox Entertainment. Remember, Gearbox Entertainment was purchased by... Um, uh, what's their name now? Uh, uh, I forgot. The Embracer Group. That's who bought them. Um, but anyway, he has announced that Steve Jones will now serve as the president of Gearbox Software. And Randy will still serve as the CEO uh, and president of Gearbox Entertainment as a whole. Uh, just not as Gearbox Software. And he will also now focus his time to film and TV projects uh, as the president of the newly formed Gearbox Studios. So he's going to be a producer, essentially. Um, and this is going to be stuff that uh, has to do with their projects that are their IPs that get turned into like movies or TV, like like the Borderlands movie that, that's coming out. Um, very strange. Uh, he went on to tweet Quote, high-level creative and business strategy, uh, hybrid, creative officer, unquote, is what, what they're doing it. Um, weird. Very weird. Um, they've worked on a lot of games, too. Um, of course, Randy Pitchford is a firebrand in the gaming industry. Many people know him and, and his antics. Um, weird that they're going to shift on... To movies and TV and stuff. Anyway, um, the next story we have, the Pokemon Company has announced a new partnership with Universal Studios Japan. And if you're wondering why they have to do this, Nintendo already has a deal with them. Well, even though the Pokemon Company is owned by Nintendo, they're still technically a different, separate entity. Um, but again, the Pokemon Company has announced a new long-term partnership with Universal Studios Japan to add Pokemon-themed attractions to their theme park. Um, I'm sure this will translate to the U.S. as well eventually. And it is a new partnership that, quote, jointly explore groundbreaking entertainment that will immerse guests into the world of Pokemon with innovative technology and creativity beginning in 2022. Um, probably just going to get added to Super Nintendo World. Probably not a new area. Um, nothing has been fully announced. Uh, they also said, quote, it's to develop new interactive entertainment combining innovative technology and extraordinary creativity, unquote. And also, quote, this strategic alliance with Universal Studios Japan reflects our commitment to continuing delivering the joy of Pokemon in evolving ways for years to come. We are looking forward to the day when we can welcome fans from around the world to all enjoy it together, unquote. And that is from the CEO of the Pokemon Company, Sunekazu Ishihara. I think I butchered that. Um, oh, okay. So this is not for other theme Universal Parks. It is only for the U.S. But I can almost guarantee that it will be making its way over here in some way, shape, or form. Because Pokemon is massive in the States. It is not just Japan that has... A massive Pokemon following. The United States is probably number two. 
when it comes to Pokemon fandom. And then our final gaming story today is the massive, massive Twitch leak that happened this week. So, if you are unawares, um, Twitch did confirm that the leak did happen. Uh, it has not commented on the breach or anything like that. They said, quote, we will update the community as soon as additional information is available. Uh, this was, unquote, this is a Twitter statement they put out. So, what happened, essentially, is uh, they had been hit by a hacker, uh, per Video Games Chronicle. They posted, this hacker then posted 125 gigabytes worth, yes, 125 gigs worth of uh, files via a torrent link to 4chan, of all places, Um and it was, quote, the entirety, quote, unquote, of Twitch's source code, along with creator payouts from 2019, mobile desktop and console Twitch clients, uh, proprietary services, and, quote, an unreleased Steam competitor codenamed Vapor from Amazon Game Studios, unquote. First off, fuck you, Amazon. You're that lame that your competitor Steam is going to be called Vapor? Get the fuck out of here, dude. <laughs> That's the fucking hilarious thing I've ever heard. Vapor? Jesus Christ. Talk about lack of creativity. Jesus. Even if it's a code name. God. Jesus, man. A lot of people have started digging in. Um, so there's a lot of payout reports about to who, what creators got what. Which is a little damning. Um, some of them were even getting seven figure totals. Uh, meanwhile, I saw that some, some Twitch streamers were being paid a million dollars a year. Meanwhile, critical role, which is one of the most popular and most watched channels on Twitch was making like barely any money, uh, compared to them. This hacker then went on to say that this is only some of what he plans to leak. He is going to release more. And he says it's because, quote, more disruption and competition in the online video game, video streaming space, quote, unquote, and then, quote, they're because their community is disgusting, toxic cesspool, unquote. Can confirm. The gaming community is a toxic cesspool. I will fully admit to partaking in that in the past. And fully admit to trying to be angry at it now. Um, a lot of shit's been going on with Twitch lately. Uh, they've been working on bans. They were dealing with like those other hacks. Um, fucking Vapor, man. That shit is hilarious. So funny. It is so funny that that is what they're calling it. Oh, man. Um... Ooh, this is a spreadsheet of the highest payout. Oh, never mind. Critical Role was the highest paid out. Um, Critical Role made $9 million from between August and October. August 19 and October 2021. XQCOW was second. Summit third. Tiffu was four. Nick Merckx is five. Damn, Tim the Tapman in the top ten. Lyric rounding out number ten. Just looking at these. <coughs> Some people you'd think 
would be higher aren't. Like Pokemane. Pokemane isn't even in the top 10. Wow, Shroud's only top 25? Oh, wow, Pokemane's 39. Um, this is interesting. Nin of course, Ninja dropped because he left Steam, or he left uh, uh, Twitch after a while. Um, let me see. That's weird. Um, just interesting looking at the names and where people... Rocket League, apparently, got paid to be on there. Riot Games. Games done quick. Interesting seeing their payouts, for sure. What's interesting to see who's not that high on this list is Amaranth. You know, she's, of course, drawn some con controversy around Twitch in general. Amaranth was 48th, which is very interesting. All that hullabaloo for someone who's not even in the top fucking 10. People freaking out. But very, very interesting indeed. Um, not much is known, though. So about what data is, is was leaked. So some people may be vulnerable. Some people may not be. And mind you, this is payout from just Twitch, not sponsors or anything. Um, even looking at, they even have the September payout. The highest was XQCOW, followed by Hassan B, then Moist Critical, Ludwig, Ms. Kiff, um, Shroud, Amaranth is much higher here. Pokemane dropped. Summit was number, Summit was actually number two. Lowell Tyler. And then some people who were in the highest before aren't even on the highest here for, for September. So very interesting to look at. Um, oh, here's a list that's in order. So XQCOW, Summit, Lowell Tyler, Hassan B, Ebai, Asmon Gold, Ms. Kiff. I don't know why No Nothing TV is on here. They're not making any money off of it, interestingly enough. I'm guessing then that just some of those guys just didn't stream last month. Which, Nick Merckx, unless he left. I think he left Twitch, if I, if I remember correctly. Um, um, this, the fact that some of these people are making this money a month is, is wild. On gaming. On gaming, and I'm in the wrong industry, folks. So that's what's blown up the internet world right now is the Twitch leak. I'm sure more will come out in the coming days. We will provide an update for you next week. Um, but in the meantime, shit's getting weird, to quote a famous TikToker. Uh, wow, Twitch leak, of all things, of all things. And uh, I want to talk about TV now. Not a whole lot, but let's talk about Squid Game. The best show to hit Netflix in in years. I watched the whole thing this past weekend. I know it was about a week late. I uh, just didn't have the chance to get to it till before this weekend. I was hooked immediately. Uh, Squid Game is like a... Uh, I guess you could say like a, the Hunger Games or like the greatest game. It's about... Um, so it's out of South Korea. Make sure you watch it in Korean with subtitles. It's the best way to watch it. Don't watch the dubbed. Um, but the best way to describe it is you have a lot of people who are like in massive debt and 
they get tempted to play a game to try and win money. And then if they play this game enough, they then, um, essentially what happens is they get asked to call this number on a, a card and then they get invited to play games. So they're essentially kidnapped and then put in this room where they don't know what's going on. And they are told to sign a contract. You sign this contract, you play these games. Um, I'm, like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of breaking it down to its its simplest points. It's it's more nuanced and more like better than how I'm describing it. Uh, but essentially, what happens is you play these games, and at the end, if you make it to the end of the games, you win a, a ton of money, right? If you're the survive last surviving person. The problem with this, though, is if you lose in the games, you're literally dead. They they fucking kill you. Like, the first game is Red Light, Green Light. Yes, the, the children's game, Red Light, Green Light, where when someone says Green Light, you're allowed to move. When they say Red Light, you have to stop. Well, if you, like, move at all during the Red Light, they fucking, like, blow your head off with a fucking sniper rifle. Shit's wild, dude. But it's fucking great of a show. And you get attached to the characters. You care about them. You want people to win. It's so surreal and and just like there's this this hint of of reality behind it and how this could fucking possibly happen, um, and and like you almost believe that it happens in the world and and of course it's it's uh it it's like nobody knows about it right it's it's secret the cops don't know and people think people are missing and shit and it it's literally becoming Netflix's biggest show. An internet service provider in Korea is suing Netflix over the bandwidth that it got used. Um, early viewership per deadline and Netflix co-CEO Ted Saranados. Uh, it has already topped the charts. Uh, he said, and this is then from Vox Media, said, quote, There's a, new, a show on Netflix right now that is the number one in the world. Like everywhere in the world, it's called Squid Game. Squid Game will definitely be our biggest non-English language show in the world for sure. Oh, this was Ted Serenado, sorry, in a conversation with Vox. Um, dude, this is wild. Apparently, per some of the metrics that he showed, um, users that watch at least two minutes of the show or film within the first 28 days of release... Uh, the other is measures total hours spent watching a show or film within the first 28 days. And per this data, um, Bridgerton was most watched, the most watched series ever with 82 million subscribers tuning in to watch at least two minutes in the first 28 days and a whopping 625 million total hours viewed within its first hour, its first four weeks of release. However, Squid Game, it's only been there for 11 days, uh, hit on September 17th. And it's already beating those numbers in some way. So it is wild. So it's a nine episode show. Uh, this is how they describe it. A nine episode South Korean dra survival drama, quote, where hundreds of cash strap players accept a strange invitation and gather on a remote island to compete in a series of deadly children's games for the chance to win a big cash prize and escape poverty with deadly high stakes. The full season is available to watch now on Netflix, unquote. This is a show you need to watch. It's great. 
And like I said, if you are going to watch, uh, be careful. There are multiple English uh, translations uh, in the the uh, subtitles. Like I said, watch it in Korean with the subtitles. It's a lot better. Um, and apparently, per a viewer, the regular subtitles are, are bad. Um, uh, someone called Youngmi Mayer, who is a fluent Korean speaker, posted on social media um, that you need to be careful in what you pick. So he said, quote, not to sound snobby, but I'm fluent in Korean and I watch Squid Game with English subtitles. And if you don't understand Korean, you didn't really watch the same show. Uh, this is on Twitter. He said, quote, translation was so bad. The dialogue was written so well and zero of it was preserved, unquote. Um, he also said in his video, um, he kind of calls out the translation, how it doesn't work. Uh, Games Radar then put out that the English CC, the English closed captioning uh, subtitling, is derived from the dubbed version. So if you switch to that setting from uh, to regular English, you'll get a better, more accurate reading. Um, so that that's where you want to go to see the best one. So to do that, because uh, I did this and it literally instantly changed from 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 what I was watching. So if you do that, so you want to do is make sure it's in Korean. So languages at the bottom, then go to the subtitles option. You'll notice there's English and English closed captioning. Pick the plain English one for your subtitles. That will allow you for the best viewing and understanding if you're going to watch the subtitle version, which I urge you to do. Um, what's funny is there's a business card in the show that has a phone number. And they didn't use a fake phone number, so people started calling it. And some dude has been getting over 4,000 calls a day. Which is hilarious. Because... This is the 8675309 all over again. 4,000 fucking calls a day. You'd have to turn your phone off. Um, no word yet on if season two is going to happen. Obviously, with the success, it might. Um, there's a lot of twists and turns in the show as well. A lot of cool reveals. The acting is, is superb. The, the action is great. Um... I guess the creator of the show has been trying for like 10 years to get it off the ground and Netflix finally decided to make it a couple years ago. Um, uh, and the creator did say in an interview with the Times uh, that if he does make a second season, it will be not revolve around the contestants, so the, the players. Um, but he would want to go look deeper into how the Korean police treat the situation. Uh, he said, quote, while I was writing season one, I thought about the stories that could be in season two if I do get one. One would be the story of the front man. Um, and then he also said, quote, I think the issue with police officers is not just an issue in Korea. I see it on the global news that the police force can be very late on acting on things. There are more victims or a situation gets worse because of them not acting fast enough. This was an issue that I wanted to raise. Maybe in season two I can talk about this more, unquote. Um, which is great. Um, Netflix says they're flexible with him because he's been working. He has other projects in the works as well. Um, but honestly, I hope a second season happens and it can't come soon enough. Go watch Squid Game. It's literally one of the best things on TV. Uh, if you have a weak stomach though, maybe not. It is quite graphic. Um, but it's a fucking amazing show. 
It is not for children, though. It is not for children, despite the name and what might be going on. But watch with subtitles. Watch in the original Korean. It's it's the best way to enjoy it. Uh, HBO also put out two trailers this week. Um, two teasers, I should say. One for House of the Dragon, the Game of Thrones spinoff that takes place several hundred years before the events of the show. Looks really cool. And uh, some awesome action being shown off. And then... We also got a tease for Peacemaker, which I'm sure we're going to get a full trailer for at DC Fandom uh, next weekend, but <laughs> fucking Peacemaker has a pet eagle named Eagly. <laughs> oh God, that's hilarious. Um, and he wears his costume everywhere. Uh, but no, Peacemaker and House of the Dragon look fucking cool. I can't wait. Um it was also announced that Rick and Morty will be getting a anime Halloween special that is airing this weekend on Cartoon Network and Adult Swim, which didn't think that was fucking happening. I guess people loved the anime Rick so much from this, from the season finale that, that uh, we're getting a whole Halloween special around it, which I'm fully on board with. And let's talk about last week's What If here real quick. So today the season finale dropped. And uh, I found out that they had there's hints of an episode that had to get cut and pushed to season two. Also had toys released for it, which is funny. But last week, what if blew the multiverse wide fucking open with Uber Ultron or Ultron who has all the Infinity Stones, who literally cut Thanos in half like it was nothing. So think about it's it's essentially what if Ultron won. And Ultron essentially takes over planet Earth, becomes so smart that he makes easy handiwork of the Avengers, and he gets he gets Vision's body, essentially, is what happens. Because he gets Vision's body, he's able to achieve a, a level of, of success he wasn't able to as regular Ultron. Thanos shows up with the Infinity Gauntlet and most of the stones... Ultron just, like I said, slices the dude in half like it was like he's butter. Gets all the Infinity Stones, and then literally wipes out like everyone in the in his universe. Asgard, uh, Xandar, Sakar. The dude, this Ultron, then like he reaches like some crazy level of consciousness, right? And then he's sitting there like ready to shut down because he's achieved peace finally. And then you got the Watcher watching from behind his crystal ball and saying some shit. And Ultron is, has reached this level of consciousness that he can hear the Watcher just like Strange Supreme in Episode 4. And he's like, I see you. And because Utau, the Watcher, opened his big fat fucking mouth... Ultron busts through his multiversal wall and gets in a fight with the Watcher. And then he proceeds to chase him through different multiverses, one of which Steve Rogers becomes president. Yeah, you heard that right. President Rogers. Which leads him now on a chase through the multiverse. Ultron grows to like galaxy size and literally eats a galaxy, leaving the Watcher to run and scramble. Ends up in the pock, the very condensed 
strange supreme universe and asks him for help and he's probably going to break his oath which makes sense because today's season finale which we're going to talk about next week was what if the watcher broke his oath so we're getting some kind of multiversal avengers type team up in today's episode but last week blows the door wide fucking open on where the multiverse is going to go and i am all fucking for it dude and it just it's sad that we got to wait like months for season 2 which sounds like it's going to blow the door open again which i'm all for don't get me wrong i am all for it but at the same time like whoa dude whoa that's all i'm gonna say whoa because it's gonna be good it is gonna be good and it is gonna blow everyone's socks off i can already tell it's doing okay i can't wait man what if has been an amazing show so far and then i found out today they were considering doing a spin-off of what if with with t'challa star lord and i got sad because chadwick isn't with us anymore and it would have been a fucking great show because he's my favorite character out of what if so far man dude man um and last week we talked about what was uh coming to netflix this month uh some new disney plus news for what's coming this month uh lego star wars terrifying tales uh, black widow dropped today so you don't have to pay extra for black widow on disney plus which is funny because we're going to talk about that in a minute uh muppets haunted mansion the new muppet movie drops on friday and then here's a crazy thing this hap this was already on disney plus once but it's coming back so I i'm talking about it thumbelina is gonna drop on disney plus on october 22nd and the reason i'm talking about this and i, I find it hilarious is because thumbelina is a don bluth film uh don bluth Went on to make Thumbelina, a Troll in Central Park, um, Rock and Doodle Doo. Was that what it was called? I don't remember. But uh, he just he he did some of the greatest animated movies of the '90s, and that's because he actually used to work for for um, he used to work for Disney. And he, he split from Disney and he got into like a big fight with them and all this stuff. Uh, Fievel, Fievel, he did at. Uh, 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 um, Fuck, man. American Tale. And he, he did that with Amblin Entertainment. Uh, a Dragon's Lair 2, the video games, which I got, and I don't like playing it at all. But he did some really great movies. And it's just funny because it was like the anti-Disney. And when Disney bought Fox, it got the rights to some of his movies. And now, you know, they're on Disney Plus. And it's just funny because it's come full circle. I'm pretty sure Anastasia is on there too. Again, an another movie done by Don Bluth. Um, he did some really good movies that I like, like The Secret of Nim and American Tale, Land Before Time. He killed it, and then his shit started to decline. All Dogs Go to Heaven, Rockadoodle, Thumbelina, A Troll in Central Park, which I grew up liking a lot, um, and then I've never seen The Pebble and the Penguin ever. And he's worked on some other movies that I like, like uh, uh, Rover Dangerfield, Rodney Dangerfield movie where he plays as a dog. Um, 
I liked it. Um, but yeah, no, a troll in Central Park. A lot of people didn't. I guess that movie just didn't do well. I liked it. Um, I kind of want to go watch that movie. I wonder where it is, if it is anywhere, um, to watch. I doubt it, but let me see. Maybe it is somewhere. Oh, you know what? It was owned by 20th Century Fox, so it's probably on Disney+. Plus. Uh, let me see. If you just believe. The fact that I can remember a song from that movie. Oh, it's not on Disney+. Plus. Interesting. For sure. Anyway. That's, uh, that's all coming to... Um, that's all coming to Disney Plus this month and some other stuff, but that's the stuff I wanted to talk about. Um, let's, uh, let's move over to movies, shall we? We finally got a trailer for what, uh, Sylvester Stallone has been hinting at for quite a while. And that is the director's cut of Rocky IV, which is now being called Rocky IV, Rocky versus Drago. And is the ultimate director's cut. It's funny watching a movie trailer nowadays made for a movie that came out in the 80s, but done in like modern style. Um, I don't know. It, that movie always gets me hyped anyway. But they've added 40 minutes of unseen footage, uh, new scenes and everything to uh, Rocky IV. So it, it is now going to be an even longer movie, but still good nonetheless. And. As I stated just a few minutes ago, uh, Black Widow is now free to watch on Disney+. And it's a bit ironic because Scarlett Johansson actually settled her lawsuit with Disney out of court. Um, the settlement terms are undisclosed, uh, but it is rumored that she made about $40 million in the settlement, which is close to what she was originally promised. Um but with this now, it's all settled, it's all done, and it looks like she's going to be back in their Tower of Terror movie. Uh, no word yet on what the status of that film is as of yet. Um, also, uh, No Time to Die, James Bond, of course, came out last week in the UK. I'm hoping to go see it this weekend. I don't see why I won't be able to. It has set a international box office record with a $119 million debut, um, which is great. I uh, can't wait to watch it. I'm, I'm very stoked. Um, but like I said, $119 million in 54 markets. Um, it's the first Hollywood film to cross $100 million overseas at launch without China uh, during the, the COVID-19 pandemic. So it's a big COVID thing. Um and per The Hollywood Reporter, it also earned $11.4 million in the UK and Ireland on Saturday. So it is the highest box office single day for any Bond film and highest single day earnings for any movie in the pandemic era. So it's actually one of the highest making Bond movies in the UK. And that's always a good sign. Um, it is said it is also expected to achieve the, quote, third biggest weekend of the Bond franchise with $34.8 million. And the sixth biggest for any film, unquote, um, I guess, once it opens in the U.S. Um, ooh. Now, 
This is in opposite to Venom, Let There Be Carnage, which only earned $13.8 million in its uh, debut internationally, which was Russia only, so that makes sense. But it broke a U.S. pandemic record, making $90 million at the box office this past weekend. I'm sure it's going to get decimated by James Bond this weekend. I, I'll tell you that right now. Uh, unless its post credit stinger can bring in a lot of people. I haven't even watched the first Venom. I don't plan on watching this one, really. Um, I don't care for the character. Plus, apparently this one is worse than the first one. Which is wild to me that it, it could get worse. But what I really care about, and what you all probably care about, is the post credit scene in uh, uh, Venom Let There Be Carnage. And let's talk about this this post credit scene. So massive spoilers, massive, massive spoilers, massive spoilers, massive spoilers. Sorry. But in the post credit scene for Venom Let There Be Carnage, uh, Venom is talking to Eddie about that symbiotes are thousands of years old and they're a hive mind and all this and they've seen other universes and he talks about showing eddie and at that minute in a flash of light they're transported to a different hotel room and on the tv is none other than j jonah jameson the version that exists in the mcu in spider-man far from home and the upcoming no way home Followed by the revelation that Spider-Man is Peter Parker. And it's Tom Holland. So clearly Venom is now in the MCU universe. Uh, and it's followed by Venom saying that guy and licking the screen. So. Apparently Marvel and Sony worked out so much of their differences. That Venom is now in the MCU. Yep. Don't worry, you don't need to go watch Venom. Let there be carnage to see this. You can just watch the scene online. Plenty of people have broken it down. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a thing now. That is a thing. And wow, I can't wait for, for No Way Home now. Um, I don't know how this is all going to... I wonder how Eternals is going to play in now. Like, I'm all over the hell confused. I am all over the hell confused. Anyway, uh, James Gunn was giving an interview this week. Uh, of course, a week before he is at Fandom showing off Peacemaker. Um, but he teased that his Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which is airing at the end of next year, if I'm not mistaken, is going to introduce, quote, one of the greatest MCU characters. What that means, I don't know. But clearly he's written like a great character for all of us to enjoy. And I'm all here for it. I'm all here for it, James. I'm all here for it. Uh, ben Affleck was being interviewed by GQ. Uh, and he said that playing Bla Batman in The Flash uh, helped him like recapture the fun of playing Batman. And honestly... I hope that means he's going to be back as Batman for more things. And rumors are saying he survives the Flash. 
So if we get more Batfleck, please, 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 please. I want more of Batfleck. Uh, and then final bit of uh, movie news here. Joaquin Phoenix has stated that he is open to reprising the role of the Joker uh, if a second film or sequel were to ever be made with Todd Phillips. Honestly, I don't know if that movie needs a sequel. Um, as long as it's written well, I, I would totally be on board with it. But again, it, it needs to be written very well and match the tone and scope of the first one. Uh, otherwise, you can get into like a dangerous territory where it's not good. Um, and just looks as like a cash grab or something like that. But I don't know. I don't know. That's a interesting thing for sure. I liked him as the Joker, so I, I would totally be down for it. But I don't know. That's it for Nick's Nerd News this week. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, as always, I am your host, Nick. Um, make sure to check me out on the 101 Leagues Twitch stream on Friday and on Saturday. For Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, Nickelodeon All-Stars, and Super, Brothers, Super Smash Brothers Melee. Uh, definitely check out my friends, The 101 League, on Twitter, Twitch, uh, Facebook, Instagram uh, as well. And uh, as always, hey, check out nickstardnews.com where you can listen to the show right in your browser. Or if you prefer to listen to us on the go, if you want to subscribe to the show, things like that, check out our links to our Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast pages. Hey, also while you're there, check out our social media tab. You can find our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram feeds where we post a lot of fun memes uh, that I do find on the internet. I try to give credit when credit is possible to give. They are not my own memes, just so everybody knows. And uh, Or, hey, just uh, search Nick's Nerd News on your preferred social media platform of choice. And with that, I will catch you guys on the flip side.